Welcome back, everybody. We are on episode something something of season three um, of We Got Us, specifically on Black Love. Today is a super special episode um, because we have two guests, and we've never had two before. What we have had two, but it's different times. So we have uh, Miss Tanisa back who is only sister, but also a wonderful guest and all of our friend anyway, so we can make her her own little person. Um, and we have one of our other friends, um, not to be mistaken by our other co-host, we have Miss Jasmine. And she and I, and probably Tichelle, have all known each other for like a number of years. I know I've known them for at least five um, and so we thought it would be really special um, to have her on this episode. And shout out to our other co-host because this is not feeling well. So we hope you get better, Miss Jasmine. Um, so today's episode, we are going to be talking about Black love in the community and between other Black women. And I think that this is a really great topic because, you know, before we've talked about um, women uplifting women, but we've never talked really about how our community as a whole views love um, and how we as Black women express our love or decide to be loved back, right? Like, so we've talked about our various relationships and relationship skills and aspirations and the whole nine but we've never really talked about um the way in which we as black women love um or show love whether that's in a romantic platonic or you know maternal way so i'm excited for all of that but really quickly i want y'all to tell me what is it that you think of when we talk about black love within our community. So we can start it off with Miss Jasmine and then jump to Miss Kenisa. Hi everyone. Um, so when I think of Black love, um, I think of community first because, you know, when we work together as a community, that is love, you know, right there alone. But when I think of black love with like a significant other, I think of like power. Like you think of like power couples, whether that's like Beyonce and Jay, you know, some people look at Will Smith and Jada. Um, We look at Sierra and Russell Wilson. You see those foundations of black love and it just exudes power. And um, I don't know if I'm making any sense, you guys, but I think when I think of like black love, I think of power, I think of friendship I think of strength I think of can accomplish anything so yeah that's how I view black love I love that I like that we we gonna circle back to Will and Jada they on the rocks right now but um he he was standing 10 toes, <laughs> ten toes down for his woman <laughs> they are I get um so Miss Tanisha what do At you the think wrong, my opinion the wrong time wrong place wrong time that that is that is that is true. Okay, <laughs> Miss Denisa. So I think I'd say when I think of black love, um, the only way that I can think of explaining it is just kind of like it's got that X factor, something that's a little extra. 
it's a different type of vibe, different level of energy. It's like a whole different level that I feel like people within the black community can attain it. Not saying that people outside of it can't, but people within it sharing that vibe, that energy that is just on that specific level. But I don't really know how to explain, but I know what it feels like. (laughs) That's what I think of. And that goes along with anything that's platonic um, or whether it's like a relationship, uh, like a friendship, um, coworkers that are also black, any like however it is. It's kind of like that when you're walking past somebody, especially here in Utah, and you see like another black person, you give them like that universal nod. Just that existence mm-hmm. of like that mutual like, you know. <laughs> it's that thing that you really can't explain, but it's all an unspoken thing and it's just on a specific level of frequency and energy that is just unmatched. So that's kind of what I think. I love that. Miss Tichelle? I know you all have heard from me a lot, but on, on this topic specifically, I I really think of like, hmm. It is, it's something like this, it's this instant connection, this bond, this, this understanding of experience. Yes, all our experiences are different, but there's a common understanding. And I think it's really, important to acknowledge that especially in places where the black community is really small it's really significant when you see someone um the relationships are end up being really strong if you think about all of us on this call when we found each other and we met each other our bond was almost instant because we're like you I see someone that looks like me. A lot of us met in college, which we, you know, we had similar goals of attaining an education. Um, some of us have similar socioeconomic backgrounds, um, similar relationships with in the home or outside the home. And so we bond and it, it is, I love how she used the term X factor. I was like, Ooh, that's good. But um, yeah, it's just, it's special. It's, it's something that is one of a kind in a way and not to be taken for granted. And black women, man, I like Jasmine shared the word power. I can see that with relationships, but then also when I see black women supporting black women, that's also so powerful. It's powerful, it's empowering. So those are my thoughts. How about you, Ms. Shekinah? Um, I guess probably taken away from what all of you all have said. Um, when I just think of like, black love in the community I just think of like magic if that makes sense you know what I mean like magic and just culture because it's about you know knowing a lot of the as Jasmine pointed out like pop culture references right or even as Tanisa pointed out like making that eye contact like where I work now um because I just started a new job it is at a historically black college and university medical school um so you're around like black excellence all day and I love that like black doctors black dentists black researchers like just black on black on black and what's so funny is that (laughs) even in the midst of like a serious meeting if we all experience the same thing we can like catch each other's eye and like it's a whole vibe we already know like did you just hear what she said or Mm, you know what I mean like 
so it's the little nuances it's our vernacular how we don't even have to speak in whole sentences and I know exactly what you said just by like girl or girl or sis like you know what I mean like all of those mean so so many different things but yet we're all on one accord and I love how that also transcends throughout the diaspora like one of my lovely friends Miss Cindy Esteves um she is Afro-Latina and she's from the Dominican but she's from Philly and like the way that she and I communicate even with her you know being Dominican and me being American like it's just like I get it we already on the same page we already met you at the door and so I love that as a black community there is a sense of power like Jasmine said there is a sense of unity and strength um and just like prosperity in a sense right because our our culture is realistically is one of the most uh imitated or stolen from cultures you know in the world and so um and people make millions and billions off of it so um but specifically even as black women i love how we just have our unspoken code like we all know <laughs> we we all know um so i love that so tell me about i know that all of us are older all of us for the most part are in our 20s barely hanging on by a thread but we in here um we'll circle back later <laughs> but um all of us are in our 20s and all of us have grown up in a very predominantly white state um, but all of us have our own beautiful experiences with the black diaspora and spending a significant amount of time immersed around our people and the culture um, or cultures that be um, so was it always like that for y'all like did y'all always feel that way or was there a time when you were kind of like I don't know about this. I don't, I don't know about y'all. Because, I mean, in, in reality, right, we we watch a lot of television and we talk about how our culture is imitated. But for a lot of us who grow up in predominantly white spaces, like, it's it's not as glamorous as, as media makes it seem, you know? Um, so, yeah, just thoughts on that. Like, I don't know who wants to go first. I don't know. Jasmine, if you want to take it, if you want us to circle back, we can... You can do that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you, you, you don't um, I can start again. Um, so, I guess growing up in such a, a, prom a prominently white space, Salt Lake City, Utah, um, having that black love, whether it was from a significant other, dating was terrible growing up. Still kind of is rough, especially, you know, trying to meet handsome black man in these streets it's very difficult and um even having black friends I mean I grew up and I was normally always the one black girl in all my courses all the way up to you know college level sometimes like I, I spent a lot of time trying to assimilate to whiteness and um I would say not having self-love which is like all around like loving myself or being a black woman um it was very difficult, you know, perm the crap out of my hair, just like, just everything. It's It's been difficult, you know, trying to find that black sisterhood, that black love, living in a place that's a prominently white. 
know if anyone wants a touch to that, but you know, and how I, I would thank you guys, um, you, you ladies here today that I got the opportunity to meet you guys because a lot of that changed once I did go to Salt Lake Community College and I met all you guys. Mm-hmm. It helped significantly and it mm-hmm. helped my self-esteem. I love that. We've love become that. the, you know, the woman I am today. So what was that kind of pinnacle for you that you were like, you know what, y'all gonna get this blackness today. We don't have to, uh, we don't have to continue to assimilate today. For me, it was just like meeting you guys and seeing other black women. And I think just finding a sense of like, I, uh, a sense of self-love and just knowing that my blackness is beautiful. It's imitated by all. And a lot of people, you know, copy black women. They steal from us daily. Um, I don't know. I think it was just, I think I got tired of hating myself. And I was just like, you know what? It's time that I you know, love myself for who I am. I'm a black woman. Seeing you guys helped so much. I think having other black friends that love me helped me find self-love. I love that. I love that a lot. Thank you. Mm-hmm. To me, Michelle, I don't want to put y'all on the spot. I don't know which one of y'all wants to. I can go first. Okay. Um, I think personally for my experience, I, I, gr- I didn't really grow up having any black friends until I entered late high until it was like late high school early college and Mm -hmm. that's basically where I was able to kind of start finding my tribe in a a sense Mm -hmm. um and so my younger years I struggled a lot trying to find that balance of identifying as a black woman but also trying to meet beauty standards in an all-white space and so I, I, I decide I, I found myself emulating the white standard beauty mm-hmm. of growing up. And, and I tied so much of my individuality and identity to that standard. And it wasn't until I got older, I'd even say adult years, that I really just leaned into black beauty which was a shift because I started noticing that I started code switching a bit kind of depending on my on the crowd because I had like a black group of friends and I had just friends that just happened to not be black <laughs> but I you know because like you've got white friends and you've got you know friends that just happen to be white they, I had like a mix of those two um, and it's hard to find black friendships where we can find where personally at least for me where I can find enough respect for each other's experiences even if they're widely different to maintain like a good friendship so that I struggle with black friendships because respect is so important to me and it's important for you know the black friendships that I come across or try to develop that there's equal amounts of just respect because I, I don't want to fall into where the small petty things, there's not enough respect because someone's experiences or someone's circumstances get brought up and it's like an element of like, well, you never experienced this level of like blackness or this level of like, what have you. 
to like understand I'm like I'm not trying to say I know what you've been through I'm not saying that but I'm respecting that we're different but I'm also respecting and validating that that's true and then finding that and then having that not be enough Mm-hmm. Well, you you did, and you touched on a very important point that we're gonna circle back to because I think that that's that's like critical to touch on. So, thank you. Yeah, to to piggyback off of what uh, my sister is saying is, and I guess I'll, for those who haven't seen us, actually, you know, follow us on social media. But so Tanisa and I are technically biracial, mixed, mulatto, whatever you want to call it. We have a white mom, black dad, African dad. And um, I, in, to go with what she was saying, we had a father who was trying to assimilate to the US culture, to the US standards. Our home choices of music were reggae, country, and gospel. Um, we really were, I don't know we not that we were taught to love ourselves but we really were because i think of the trauma our dad experienced and our mom having biracial kids in utah we really did try to assimilate we spoke differently we all permanently straightened our hair we didn't really have black friends one because they weren't in the schools and two they didn't really like us i'll be honest with you i didn't have black friends till college even when I went to a high school that had some black women, they did not want to be friends. And you know me, I'm extrovert, I tried. Black men on the other hand, mm. like, yeah, we could be friends. Or you cute or whatever, so I'm like, thank you. But anyway, but like black women was really difficult in high school. And um, a lot of the times it's your, you're not enough of one or the other. And I, I say this, acknowledging my privilege, I have a lot of privilege being or I can say we, but I'll speak for myself. I do have a lot of privilege being half black. We, you know, we identify as black women because that's how society sees us. But in other spaces, you can tell we're not full black or full African or whatever you want to call it. So we had to navigate those spaces as half caste or whatever you want to call it. Half caste being more of an African term. And that, that was kind of difficult. And I think that going to college, especially Salt Lake Community College, there's our plug, having black advisors like Miss Glory, having black mentorship like Marion Hal Taylor and Dr. Clifton Sanders. We saw ourselves, we were valued the same as everybody. We, our accomplishments were celebrated. And in the spaces like the Black Student Union, Shekinah at the time was the president and she was great about celebrating everybody's successes. It didn't matter what you look like, what shade, etc. We all celebrated each other. And I think that, you know, I'm so thankful that I went there because in a lot of the other spaces, especially in Utah, you get lost and you are kind of taught to hate, self-hate, even if it's not, you're not told hate yourself, right? But it's the imagery you're told. Similar to Tanisa, we really, you know, we really tried to have the the straight hair talk a certain way, code switch. Even though we didn't grow up in an urban environment, we were still really um, aware and cognizant that we could be judged. Our parents will be judged if we do something. So it's interesting. Um, but I say now, I, I'm so thankful for the experiences we did have growing up because it really made us value who we are even more 
rarely do we ever straighten our hair. She doesn't anymore. I only do when I'm trying to like look a little different. But um, we we love ourselves a lot more than we ever did. We respect ourselves a lot more than we ever did. And we, you know, we acknowledge the privilege that comes with some of the uh, um, some of the opposition too. So yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Um, How about I you? think I think for me that that kind of turning point. I I don't know. I, even though I ask questions, I really don't know that I have like a specific moment where I was like, "This is it." I think that, um, you know, growing up, I I really did kind of always have black friends. Like my my schools were always predominantly white, but wherever there was like another black girl for the most part we were like magnets like home you know what I mean like let me let me find you and you can find me and sometimes I found it didn't always work especially if um they were adopted um by white families because there's another you know extra layer dynamic there um going on but you know most of my friends were either Latina or black or multiracial or afro-latina or asian you know what i mean like they were all primarily women of color um as soon as i got out of like elementary or even you know in elementary that was pretty much still how it was um so i always kind of gravitated towards that but you know i had again my moment too as each of you touched on of wanting to assimilate to whiteness of wanting uh, straight hair or wanting my body to be a certain way or wanting you know brighter skin or wanting blue eyes because my papa has blue eyes so I would go to school and be like my papa has blue eyes and they're like no he doesn't they're contacts I'm like bro he's eight some ain't no contact but like I just couldn't figure out like how he had him and I didn't so I used to want that you know um but I think probably when I got to college and started learning more about like the black power movement and what it stood for and seeing black women and then talking to my mom because she's a very strong black woman. My grandmother is like the lightest of us all. She's gotten, you know, darker as she's aged, but like she's the lightest of us all and like yet the most like black revolutionary I've ever met. You know what I mean? And so um, being around them and talking to them and understanding what being a black woman means, you know, what it meant then and what it means now, or what I could make it mean, right? Like, it didn't just have to be a standard that everybody was used to. Like, you know, if if you all have ever paid attention to Issa Rae, like, that's my spirit animal, bro. Like, I'm quirky, (laughs) I'm nerdy, but I'm smart, and like, I can get hood, like, you know, I listened to Lil Boosie while I'm driving to Sprouts or Panera Bread. But, you know, will I really pull up? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm definitely calling the food. I'm just kidding. But, like, but I mean, so it gave me a moment to have to define what being a Black woman meant for me. And I was able to do that also in college, being around other Black women. But, you know, when I was going through my Malcolm pre-Mecca stage, which I'm in again, you know, that was when I was like, you know what, it's okay to be black. James Brown, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think that was kind of it for me. And it still evolves every day, especially, you know, moving from Utah to the South. 
and being around, you know, a larger group of black people, even though like I grew up that way still um, in Mississippi is different as an adult trying to understand those spaces. Um, But I think what you begin to learn or what I've learned is that you have assholes of every shade. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you're a jerk, you're a jerk. And like we have a tendency, I think sometimes even as within our own community to say like not necessarily to invalidate anybody's experience because there is validity in all of it but like like people say I'm a jerk because I don't smile all the time like I have RBF like but I'm really pretty nice you know or sometimes you might experience that side of me but what did you say to me (laughs) you know what I mean but that doesn't make me a jerk like that doesn't make me the stereotypical angry or mad or mean black woman. That means that like, I'm human and I I had a bad day, like circle back. Or maybe I just don't care for you. Like maybe we just don't mesh. Like that's always a possibility, you know, but like don't have one poor experience with me and then be like, oh, all black women are trash. Like, what? No, I just don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I say that to say, like, for any of our listeners, sometimes you just got to give people grace. Um, some people are mean, and sometimes there is truth to certain things, but also, like, sometimes it's you, boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Shekinah, can I touch on, like, what you were saying about just, like, being, like, nerd, like the nerdy black girl? Yes, please. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> I am a nerdy black girl. That's just me. And a lot of times, like, we had, like, a black girl table in high school. And we all kicked it. But I started to realize, like, I didn't really even fit in with that group. Because, like, I was in school news. I was kind of, like, a big geek. I was an anime watcher, cartoon lover. Like, you know, I dressed really different. Um, So I'll tell the listeners, you may not find, like, your tribe right away. But I'm telling you, there's tons of black people are not a monolith if i'm saying that correctly mm-hmm. we there's so many different types of black people and thank god for like tiktok and instagram and just like the online circuits of like reddit you can find your people and i i just want to you know say that because i feel like there's so many black people that are like well i like this or i like anime or i like this and they feel like they can't find that like black sisterhood that black love and it's like no but you can you know you just have to network around just different avenues online or you know different clubs if you're in college yeah and I feel like even to that point like that's so important because even like in our friend group we're all so different if you think about it like I don't watch anime but you do and so when you're telling me something and I know it's important to you like I'm listening like I want to know more you know what I mean some of our other friends like outside I don't like outside. So like, but when you <laughs> tell me that or you want to go outside, you know, I may go out there with you annually or something. But like, <laughs> you know, I think that we all, we all have our nerdy moments. Like Tichelle, Tichelle is like a jet setter. Like she's ready to go on a trip in a minute. And like, I love that about her. But baby, my budget, my budget <laughs> So, you know, I think that like, those things and and that's not all that's important to them obviously but like I think that's so important to you know because we aren't a monolith like Jasmine said but also like 
it's okay to have friends that have different interests than you. Like, I think foundationally, we all, you know, mesh well and for one way or another. Like, I'm talking amongst our friend group. But, like, it, it's okay that we don't, that we don't like the same things or that we're different or whatever. Um, and it's almost better because then it's like, we all bring a different perspective. We all... We, we have things in common, but things different enough that like we can speak to different things. So if I'm looking for an expert, anything law, anything, you know, anything social justice, I'm like, hey girl, hey Shekinah, where you at? If I'm looking for stuff super sporty, again, y'all haven't seen me, but I go to Jasmine Wheeler, not Jasmine Wheeler, yeah. sorry, Jasmine Walton, because she's sporty. If it's dance related, I go to my sister Jasmine Wheeler. You know what I mean? Like we all yeah. have a little niche and our own expertise. And that's what makes us so powerful is like, yeah, I may not know it, right? That might not be of interest to me, but I can connect you with someone who it mm-hmm. is. Or yeah. you know, I love what she kind of said, like, we can try that annually. <laughs> so I want to touch on one last point and then we can, um, head out so we can all you know enjoy our evening but um Tanisa said something that I thought was really important and when she was talking about it she was talking about respect um and how you know sometimes the the relationships that we try to develop with other black people don't always work out because of respect or another right and I know one of the things um that I have experienced as I'm sure all of you have is that when you tell people where you're from, you automatically get discounted. So it was to the point where I was like, well, I'm from Utah by way of Mississippi. Cause I gotta throw it in there to give you context that like, you know, my, that, and I guess to some point it could be like, as a way to validate, like, you know, I get the black experience, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I say that because like, Utah is its own special place and there really is no other way to describe that because like it's like its own like a land of its own you know what I mean it's so far removed from so so much that like you really do have to say that to give people context um that you are like not in a bubble of sit in this word right but I know that like our family being so close to southern Mississippi and by New Orleans and just the people within our family, we come in in all shades, right? So like, when my grandmother was younger, she was like Tichelle and Tanisa's complexion. Now that she's older, she's like their youngest sister's complexion, which is just brown. Um, but I feel like we have so many little things that we try to use in a sense to be divisive, whether that's like, a nationalism sort of thing of like well you don't know where you're from in Africa or you're not American or you're not exotic because you're not Afro-Latina or whatever these are things that I'm saying that come up on social media or um you're too dark or too light or whatever or you're you don't have the body and let let's also touch on that let's be clear that even the people who have the bodies don't have the bodies okay we all can spot a baby but we can circle back to that (laughs) later um and so or the the right hair texture right like so we have all these things that we use to be divisive towards one another and it seems like just a basic sense of respect for like bro we're all black in this when people see us they just see black people talking 
and like we're going through this experience together whether or not one person has more opportunity than the other has nothing to do with how you know what what i've experienced the obstacles or privileges whatever anyway what are your guys's thoughts on that and what not to harp on it because i know that we have talked about it in other episodes but like what's one thing that you feel that we can do to just be more cohesive as a people that we need to start doing to be more cohesive as a people um to get past some of those things yes ma'am miss tanisa i'll start off i think it's really important to make sure that we especially for me i have found this beneficial for any of my relationships whether it's within or without uh, within the black community or outside of it mm-hmm. and like make being very intentional of not dismissing other people's experiences so just because somebody's experience is not your own doesn't make it less valid mm-hmm. and expressing that someone like just having someone express like that's a valid feeling or that's a valid reaction or response to that experience um, and finding a way to also not make it sound like a therapy session by saying like I'm proud of you like I couldn't I, I know I couldn't handle the situation the same or um, that's inspiring I hope that if I ever me, I can think of your experience like finding a way to attach uplifting somebody as well as validating their experience is really important that also that just shows respect instead of just like saying you respect somebody yeah that Okay, I like that. And I'll quickly go. I think if we shift our mentality that we're not competing with each other would be really something I would suggest. Because I think one of the most difficult things is because there, to be honest, there are few of us. And I feel like in a lot of times we are put against each other either, you know, either by society, often by society, or even just internally, like we feel like we have to compete with somebody. And I, I think if we shift our mentality where we're not s- competing with each other, but celebrating each other would be really, really good. And I think that's where we get that we get hung up on like, well, I have to do better than so-and-so instead of being like, so-and-so is doing great and I would love to learn from them or do something similar. And then the other thing really quick is about comparing ourselves to one another uh, especially with social media I think it's really hard not to I get sucked in I'll get on social media and see something that upsets me it's usually like someone getting married and having kids and I'm like oh hell no you know they're out in the streets how how come not me but anyway but instead of like comparing ourselves to each other I think it's really important again either celebrate each other or just don't say anything at all because you don't know like Social media, y'all, I be looking like I'm living my best life sometimes. I be looking like I'm so happy, I'm going to the gym, blah, blah, blah. If you really saw me, like if you saw my the state of my apartment right now as in screen cleaning, or you saw me on a usual daily basis, I be looking like a hot mess. Social media it really can be a, a facade. So you might be comparing yourself to someone who really is struggling or super unhappy. So you know, just be you, be true to you. Don't compete with one another, celebrate each other. And that's what I'll end with. I love that. Miss Jasmine, do you have anything you want to add to that? How do you think yes, we black people can be more cohesive? I think understanding that we are all different, just like um, what Tanisa said in the beginning, just like, oh, did I say 
your name wrong? No, I'm you so got sorry. It. You said it right. Okay. I'm so sorry. Uh, what Tanisa said, like, um, understand that we're all different. You know, black people come in different shades of brown. Uh, we have different experiences, different sizes, you know, like some of us are skinny, some of us are fat, you know. I think if we just start accepting each other and understanding that we are all black, but we all have, we're all different and accepting each other for our differences, I think that would make an extreme difference in the black community. And I think also, you know, understanding that whether you're a black person that has a lot of money and a lot of um, opportunity compared to someone that has little money and little opportunity, you know, I think we have to make sure that we're not being elitist as we grow and that as we get our accomplishments in life, that we understand where we came from and that we, we help each other. Cause I think that's like the biggest thing I see right now online is a lot of people look at other black people as like, well, she's doing bad. She chose to do bad. She chose to have them kids. But it, maybe instead of being so critical, listen to that person, see what happened to them in their childhood and see how you can help them. Cause I think the black community, we need healing. And a lot of us um, that are doing well, we, we could help others a lot more. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, that's just something on my heart. Sorry. <laughs> no, so I'm I'm like, okay, I'm going out. Can I go oh. back up something she said? Yes. Uh, I, I love that. And I think it's important to kind of think of that as looping in with like black success. Because success, me specifically, I, I like to kind of advocate that success is so subjective. And just because someone's not using their their black privilege or their privilege that they have or opportunities they, that they get to what someone should because they, you know, black people don't always get the same opportunities. And it's like, well, you can't take this for granted. It's like, for them, a success could be the fact they're not another headline being like, you know, a black person found doing some kind of thing or just found, and that's the end of that. So. I think it's important to not dismiss that black success is just a linear thing and to uplift each other through in that. So I love them. I like that. Yeah. Um, well, I guess <laughs> I don't even know how to add to it. Can I say one more thing? <laughs> yeah, please, 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 please. Success is in the eye of the person you know I have the beholder of success I liked what she was saying because success can mean different things for everyone and it and it does you know I think that some people look at success and they look at it as a monetary in a monetary sense right but like for some people it's like I just want to be comfortable or I just want to travel or I just want to learn languages or I just want to be happy you know um Mm -hmm. and and how you cannot buy happiness um I would argue, let me get some money first and see, but you can't buy happiness. So, <laughs> right. so you know, um, y'all are right. Success is not linear. It is not subjective, or it is subjective. It's not linear. Um, and it is in the eye of the beholder. And we do have to be more graceful toward one another. Um, I think. Ourselves. Say again. And ourselves. Just. Yeah. We're our worst Because we're oh, like, yeah. oh. And so if we can be treat ourselves as well as we tr- like treat ourselves the way we would tr- it's very easy to dismiss people I know a lot of us are like they'll compliment how we look or a success and because it's not how we deem 
outside influences, whatever. We don't mm-hmm. see that ourselves as successful. We just need to start taking the compliments and just say thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Because I mean, you know, again, from an outside perspective, you may be further ahead, right? But if you were to ask us individually, some of us may not be where we want to be. Um, but again, it depends on what perspective you're looking at. Um, but I think for me, the one thing that I have taken away and would continue to encourage people to take away is to be observant, right? Um, and to listen more than you speak. Because what I have found um, just in my life anyway, I really do have like a thing called a staring disability. So if something's like unique, I just stare at it and I can't help. It's, it's self-diagnosed, but it's still real. Um, and so, and so um, with my staring disability, it has granted me the opportunity to observe so many different people from all different walks of life, right? Um, from the most unique to most unique and eclectic, let's put that out there, to some of those who may be the most cookie cutter, right? Um, everybody has a story, everybody has something to offer. And I think if we all just take a moment to hear one another's narratives, we can find so many commonalities between each other, right? Like we're not all so different. We haven't all had all of these unique experiences like we think. And what's that, what is the thing, the three degrees of separation? So like, we may actually all know somebody who knows somebody and, and we're connected in some way, shape or form. Um, and so I think that that could also be what could help us if you just take the moment to understand like, you know, we're, we're all just trying to, we, we're all trying to make it. We're all trying to run the same race. And we're all just trying to do the best that we can. And sometimes taking a break to hear somebody else's narrative of what they've gone through can help you truly understand some of the things that you've gone through. That's like a roundabout way. Anyway, in the words of Ellen DeGeneres, be kind. Get off to be kind. I love Ellen. That's my girl. She's also from New Orleans. So go Saints. Um, <laughs> but does anybody have any like last minute sort of things that they want to touch on? No? Okay. Well, I want to thank y'all for taking time out of your day to do this episode with me. I know that we all have busy schedules. So this is like a really kind of late, late night midweek sort of thing but thank you for all being here um and giving your input for this episode and i hope you all have a beautiful rest of your week enjoy um easter weekend whatever that means for you um and um i love y'all i thank y'all and remember don't nobody got us like we got us bye 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 thank you bye